You are listening to the Estheticians Earning More podcast with Brittany Hakeman, episode number 29. Welcome to the Estheticians Earning More podcast. On this podcast, we talk about how to love your esthetician business without the hustle, exhaustion, or overwhelm as it booms into a successful business. I teach simple ways how to approach your business that gives you your life back while still growing a profitable business. I grew BLH Beauty in San Diego to a six-figure business, and I learned a lot along the way, which I'm excited to share with you here. So let's get started. Hi, welcome back if you have been listening, and welcome if you're new. There are a few of you that are new. This week has been kind of a surreal joyful experience for me. A lot of people became aware of my podcast and started following and started listening. And I'm a little overwhelmed with the feedback that's been really positive. Um, and I really, truly from the bottom of my heart, thank you for giving me your time and listening. And, um, yeah, I just feel really grateful right now. And, um, if you've been listening from the beginning, I even more grateful for you for listening since January. I cannot believe I've been recording a podcast since January, but I really love this podcast and um, I hope you do too. So if you are new or if you've been listening from the beginning and you have any things like any questions or things you want me to cover or talk about or feedback about the podcast, I'm all ears. You can DM me at the esthetician or at esthetician.coach on Instagram. But today... It's going to be a really great episode, I think, because it's something that comes up regularly with my coaching esthetician clients, the clients that I coach, they're estheticians. I know that because I just kind of talk around myself anyways. Um, and it is, it is the difference between people pleasing and great customer service. And I think there's a lot of confusion. I know I had some confusion when I first started with my own business and I, I see it with my clients and I saw it with my esthetician friends. It's, it's a hard line to know what's the best way to approach things sometimes. And again, this is definitely my opinion. This is not fact. <laughs> so you may disagree with me and that's fine. Um, but this is how I approach it. And I hope it's helpful for you. But before we jump into that, a quick word from our sponsor. Okay. So first I'm going to start with how I define the two so I define great customer service as something that protects your boundaries and serves your clients. So great customer service is, is both. And of course, there are times where I give great customer service, which means I lose money. And I can give you some examples of that. But um, it still protects my boundaries and making sure that businesses run in a way that I feel good about and that is kind of in accordance with with my values. People pleasing is taking action out of fear and lying to yourself and maybe your clients. I know those words are very strong words, lying and fear. <laughs> You're like, whoa, I was not expecting that today, Brittany. Um, but I think it's something we need to talk about. So that's why we're talking about it. And that's why I'm also defining it as those, those things. And so, um, let's let's break this down a little bit more. So when you first open your business, as the story goes, and you are very excited and you're 
very nervous that people are going to write you bad reviews on Yelp or Instagram. I guess there's not really reviews on Instagram, but like say unkind things. Google reviews. Where else do people write reviews? Facebook. Um, wherever people can write reviews about your business. So there's that fear like running in the back of your brain of bad reviews. And um, you're kind of at the mercy of your client in that way because you're so afraid that if you upset them enough, they're going to write you a bad review and then no one will ever come see you again and you're going to shut down. (laughs) I know I had that fear. I had that fear a lot. And you kind of, um, you know, you see when people have bad reviews, you know know it, it happens, right? You see people get bad reviews for things that are so crazy that you're like, what, who, why, how? right? It's, 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 it's a very mind boggling thing sometimes when people write bad reviews. And so this is kind of something like running in the back of your head. Like I don't want people to write me bad reviews. And I also don't want to have like a bad reputation in my town. I don't want people to tell their friends and their family and their coworkers that I'm bad at whatever I'm doing, or I don't know what I'm doing or I'm whatever, all of those things. And so because of that, We bend over backwards in ways that are really not sustainable and also not that great for our clients. Um, And then we end up becoming kind of slaves to our clients and kind of resentful of our clients. And it's just not good for anybody. So I'm going to talk about a couple things of people pleasing that I have done and my clients I know have done, some of my friends have done. And then some things that you can do instead that's still amazing customer service, but that isn't the people pleasing angle. So one of them is, if you're an acne specialist like me, checking ingredients for your clients. So I um, did this a lot when I first started treating acne because I, you know, people would be like, email me and be like, hey, is this safe? And they send me a picture of something. I go online and I look at it, good ingredients. Like, yeah, no, it's good. And I, I was just so excited that they were um, checking their ingredients. And I also kind of was unsure about the ingredients myself and it kind of felt a little bit overwhelming and so I was like great I'll help them if that means that they're gonna use the you know make sure they're not using products or clogging their skin but that's fine when you have like five clients but when you have like 50 clients and all these people are going out and buying new products is what ends up happening is those five six ten people that you start when you when you start and you always are checking their products for them you know, two years go down the line and they're like still sending you messages because <laughs> they're used to you helping them, right? Like it's this, this, this expectation that you've created. I'm not saying that doing this is bad either. This is something that you love doing. But for me, it was very people pleasing. It was more out of fe- it became like something I really wanted to do, but then it really became out of fear where I was like, I don't want them to feel like I'm not helping them, right? So it went from like, I'm really excited to do this for them to like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I have to do this for another person to the being like, I'm afraid if I don't do it, they're going to be mad at me. So what I ended up doing was being really clear on their, in their consultation and teaching them the best that I could, like grabbing a bottle of cleanser and showing them how to read an, an ingredient label and then um, telling them if they have a particular one that they're unsure of, I'd be happy to tell them. So they would sometimes, my clients will send me the name of an ingredient and I'll say, yes or no. And I'll kind of teach them again, like, see how that word's actually different than this word. So that's why you know it's safe. 
Um, and it takes extra time, but what I found, I did that and I really spent time teaching my clients how to read their ingredients. I found that they not only were super excited because it empowered them to do it way beyond their time with me. Like I have clients, I know that know how to read ingredients and they don't, I don't, I mean, I, I'm not at San Diego anymore, so I'm not seeing them anymore. And that's awesome. And it also, I don't have to be doing it for everybody the whole time. So it really does help. Um, another thing that people pleasing that I didn't do a ton of, but I know a lot of estheticians do, is constantly working and accommodating people's schedules during your off time. So you're working, you know, you normally close at seven and you're working until nine, or you're normally off on Sundays and then you come in because people will tell you that's what they come in. Um, and I get. I get it. I get it as a person who tries to get in with people for services. And I get it as a person who had their own business and was with, you know, wanting to really accommodate your clients. Um, but once you set up your time and your, and your hours, and it's not something that you want to do. Like, you know, I worked Sundays for a long time, but I was really happy to do that. It, um, my husband, who was my boyfriend at the time, was he my husband? Yeah, he was working at the time when I first started working, and he worked weekends, and so for me, it didn't matter working Sundays. It was like, yeah, it's fine, but then as time went on, I was like, yeah, I don't want to do this anymore, and I changed my time, and I never worked Sundays again, so someone could say, hey, I, I really want to come in on Sunday. I'm like, oh, I'm so, so sorry. I don't work Sundays, but I, these are the days that I'm, I'm open, and what happens is if you're constantly moving your hours around at your client's schedule whenever they need it you end up becoming super resentful of them because you really don't want to work during that time. And they now expect that of you. And it's kind of this vicious cycle. Um, another people pleasing thing that people do is responding like via text message or whatever way people can communicate you with you a lot during like really crazy times. It's like someone texts you at 11 o'clock at night and you respond or they text you at six o'clock in the morning and you respond. And this is not something I've done also that much. I did it definitely at the beginning, but it, I quickly stopped because I realized then they expected if they texted you or they contacted you at a really weird time, you would respond. And I don't know of any other industry. I can't like, you can't like text your doctor at 11 o'clock at night when you are in pain about something and they respond or you can't, your therapist, I mean, that's like even worse, you know, but I can't think of another industry where you can have that kind of accessibility to someone without paying them like an obscene amount of money, right? Like your client is not paying you, like each client is paying you like upwards of 10 grand a month to have you on call, right? You're not their personal esthetician. Um, so that, so that expectation is not really like, it, it doesn't really make any sense because there's not really any other industries that have that kind of expectation of time, like during, you know, you're really your off time. And again, it's the same cycle. You respond, they expect you to respond and then you get resentful because it's, you know, Sunday at 8am and you're trying to sleep in and you have like five text messages <laughs> coming in. <laughs> Um, another one is actually really common, especially when you're new and that is, um, doing treatments or services or, 
um, peels or whatever on clients when you really don't think it's good for their skin, but they really want it and they're pretty persistent and they um, really convince you and they kind of are getting frustrated with you if you tell them no. This is a big people pleaser and it's bad idea <laughs> for so many reasons, right? Like it's just not good for their skin. You can damage their skin. It, all the things like we could go, that's a whole nother thing we could talk about, but ultimately you're the professional and you're the expert. And if you're saying yes, because you're afraid they're going to be mad and go write a review, then you're, you're people pleasing and you're actually creating an environment where they, again, they think that they can tell you they're They want to jug their peel and it is the last thing that you'd ever put on their skin or whatever it is, right? Like they have inflamed acne and they want to have dermaplaning and you're like, no, we, I can't do that. And they're like, well, so-and-so did it and that's what I want. And they get really frustrated with you. Um, but you, you know, it's not a good idea. So that's, that's why you're, you're saying no. So being really, you know, being really confident in your no with a lot of empathy. Like I get it. I know dermaplaning is awesome. It feels so good, but I know if I do it to your skin, it would make it way worse and you would not get the results you want. And I ethically can't do that to your skin, you know, and really coming at, coming at it with love versus fear of them being mad because they may be bad either way. Um, the last people pleasing thing I thought of is you have an online booking site where people can book, reschedule, cancel, whatever they need to do. And people text you and they want you to do it for them. They want you to book them for them or they want you to reschedule them for them because they can't get in. Again, it feels like good customer service being like, yes, I can get you in. But you're, again, creating this cycle of them expecting things that are not really sustainable for you. And you're not staying true to yourself and your time. I, I recently started getting physical therapy because my neck and shoulders have just been so messed up since my baby's been born, mostly from breastfeeding for thousands of hours in my head and neck always down looking. And, um, so anyways, I've been seeing this physical therapist and she was like, so you're, you know, your next dude is much better. If you ever just need to get in, I have this nine fifteen every day that I know is supposed to be her like computer time, her time to like kind of catch up. And she's like, but I can, I can always just like have you come in. So just like email me and I'll, I'll squeeze you in there. So like, guys, don't give away your nine fifteen. Okay. Like that nine fifteen is her time to, do her charting and respond to customer patients, I guess, and, you know, get her head straight before her day starts, really. And she's given away her 915 because it feels like really good service. And maybe if I'm the only person she gives away her 915 to, it actually doesn't matter. But I suspect I'm not the only person she gives her 915 away to. So don't give away your 915 and take that time for yourself. Okay, so we talked about some people-pleasing behaviors, what to do instead. So I'm going to talk about what good customer service looks like. So if you're still like, Wait, but what? I don't understand. Like, I think that all that's good customer service. How, how am I not? Like, it's very confusing. So these are, again, my, my examples and my opinions. You definitely can, didn't take it with a grain of salt. 
Um, so I talked about this a little bit already, but a good an example of good customer service is walking through someone, teaching them how to check ingredients themselves versus just doing it for them. It's kind of annoying. It kind of reminds me of like being a mom. Some of you know I'm a new mom. I have an almost one-year-old actually. When you listen to this, she'll be turning one the next day. I can't believe it. And sometimes, you know, she's learning to do things very basically. And of course, it's always easier to do things for her because she's a baby. <laughs> but as she grows, it's always going to be easier to do things for her. But if you spend the time to teach her to do it, um, that's really better for her in, long, in the long run. And for me, even though it's kind of painstakingly, you know, tiresome sometimes to teach children to do things and have the patience. Um, same thing through clients. <laughs> Very similar in that way. You know, teaching a client how to read an ingredient deck can be challenging, but it can be a skill that they learn and that can really help them way beyond their time with you. And that's a really incredible gift. And if you really look at it from that perspective and you tell them from that perspective, like, listen, I, it'd be really easy for me just to check this for you. So my goal is that, you know, after you, you know, stop seeing me, you know how to do this yourself. And this is, a, this is like a skill or something that you've learned that's really sustainable for you and you don't have to rely on me. And whenever I've framed it that way to clients, because it's hundred percent the truth, they, they're like, okay, yeah, no, I want to, I want to learn this because they don't want to always have to come and see me. You know, they want to be able to clear their acne and move on with their life. Um, another example um, of great customer service is giving resources for them to do things themselves. And so, like I talked about before, is like if you have online booking where they have the ability to book and reschedule and cancel, that's amazing. Then they can do that whenever they want. They can do that at 11 o'clock at night as opposed to texting you and telling you they need to reschedule and they need to cancel or they need to book. I moved to the San Francisco Bay Area um, in the last year and a half. My, one of my friends gave me recommendation for a great hairstylist, and she's great. I love her. But she doesn't have online booking. And a lot of the times I realize I want to make an appointment with her at like 6 in the morning when I get up with my baby or at 9.30 at night when I'm going to bed. And both of those times are inappropriate times to text her. Not at someone who obviously is, you know, in the industry – I'm not going to text her at 9.30 at night, but then I don't remember when it's like appropriate times. And so then what ends up happening is I'm like, oh shoot, I forgot to text her. And then like days go by and I'm like, oh, I need one. Like, and I'm like, had to set up phone reminder to text her like at noon. So it's a good time. So I know I'm not bothering her during her work date. Like, you know what? You can see like how much more work it is for me, which if she just had online booking, I would just book it when I remembered it. So actually, it's, it's such a great thing to have for them, and especially if you are used to doing it for them, and you just encourage them and teach them and be like, do you need me to help, help you with the online book? Do you need me to show you how to do it? Do you need me to help you walk you through it? Like when you're in person with them, again, teaching them how to do it themselves can make it be, you know, maybe they're a little bit nervous with online booking, and they don't understand how it works, and you can kind of walk them through it, um, really figuring out what the hesitation is and helping them solve it versus just doing it for them, because it, it get not, it's not sustainable, especially if you have a booming business. Another, um, great customer service is like, I talked about this actually on episode 20, if you haven't listened to it, but if you like me ship a lot of products to clients, um, packages get stolen frequently. I think in this last week, three things, three packages have been stolen. And I just like, 
like this is just this is the whole thing that I'm just so over and you know you know you know um and anywho I had a bunch of like really big packages stolen and lost over $400 and good customer service is replacing that even if I don't make the money right like just replacing the product I you know I filed for insurance I didn't get it because the system is, is corrupt it's a huge rant I have a huge rant um anyways but that's good customer service. That's not people teasing. Like the, your customer, your client, they ordered it, they paid for it, they should get it, right? Like even like, and when I was in San Diego, I had a table outside my um, treatment room that I would always leave products on for clients. And I did it for the entire time I was there. Like you can come by and pick it up. It's right here. And one time someone came, the products were not there because someone stole them. And again, it was hundreds, you know, over a hundred dollars worth of stuff and I had to replace it. And so that's good customer service. And then of course, now that I wouldn't leave them on the table, I left them with the receptionist. And I know what you're saying, why didn't you leave them with the receptionist before? Because I was trying to do it during off hours to accommodate people's schedules. Um, and then now with my shipping, every, every package has saved me for additional shipping um, insurance. So that way I get my money back. So you learn these things and you figure out ways to make it better, but the making it better is not, not giving your clients their products. So yeah, that's, that's the difference in my opinion. Um, another tip I have for great customer service is giving them lots of handouts with lots of information, including a frequently asked questions page. I, I found quickly that people always had the same questions. And so I made sure to make a page in my handouts and show them that before they left. So they knew they could refer to that before they contacted me. Of course they can contact me, but sometimes they just want their question answered. And it's so amazing if they have a question and they look at the frequently asked questions page and there it is, you know? So really creating those very simple, easy resources as things, your, your business is booming and you're like really, like, oh my gosh, everyone keeps asking me this. Like, just create a little thing for them and, and, and give it to them. And of course, some of them won't read it because people don't read things. But it's there for those who do like to read things. And I, it actually surprises me how many people that really helped them. Um, and my last tip of, like, customer service versus people pleasing is, like I said, like, I'm not going to respond to people during my um, non-business hours, but during my business hours, I'm going to be responsive. I'm going to get back to them in a very quick amount of time, especially if it's something that is urgent or something that they um, really need support with, then I'm gonna be on my email and make sure I'm there to respond to them. Um, so that's great customer service. It doesn't mean that on Friday night at nine o'clock, I'm checking my email and responding, but I will respond during my business hours and I will be there to respond back and forth as the day goes on. That is it for today's episode. Um, let me know if you have any questions about customer service versus people pleasing. I hope this was helpful. I hope this gave you a little bit of a framework to kind of start thinking about actions that you're taking in your business. And if it's really helpful for your clients in you long-term versus if it's kind of like putting a bandaid on something. And then that band-aid you'll be resentful of down the road. Um, but yeah, that was it for today. I hope you have a fantastic week. Thank you for listening. Um, and I'll see you next week. We have a really exciting interview again next week. So come back for that. Same time, same place next week. Have a fantastic week. Bye for now. Okay, if you are in a 
place in your business where your business is booming, you are busy, you're overwhelmed with the amount of clients you have and their needs and you're people pleasing a lot. And um, it just, it, you're at the point where you kind of feel like you're busted in the seams with your business and you just kind of don't have the systems in place and the policies and procedures maybe that you need. I can help you. That is what I coach estheticians on. I kind of help them help estheticians help help their business when they get to the point where it's just a big business and really transitioning it into a more sustainable business that you love and your clients absolutely love as well. My last um, coaching of the year is an eight-week program. It's one-to-one. It starts on October 25th and the last day to sign up is October 22nd. They're one-to-one coaching sessions and I talk, I only take four at a time and it's a, it's a great if you're busy because only an hour a week time commitment plus Monday through Friday support um, via Boxer, which is a, like a walkie-talkie app. So if you're interested, go to the link in the show notes or the link in my bio on Instagram to sign up for your free consultation. It's only 15 minutes and we can chat to see if your business is a good fit for my program. Um, and this is, again, the last coaching of the year. Um, the next one starts in the new year and my prices are also going to go up in the new year as well. So if you're interested, get on it now. I will talk to you soon.